decide to say no more, Lord, instead of, I can't do anything about this, help me to say, what can I do? And then I start moving forward. That's whenever things begin to shift. That's whenever things begin to change because I am saying, Lord, I'm committed to whatever you show me and whatever you show me to do, even though it may be new, it may be uncomfortable, it may be something that I never thought of before. If you show me that that's what I need to do, I'm going to step out and I'm going to do it. Welcome to the Special Kind of Motherhood podcast. This podcast is for moms who are parenting differently able children. Maybe you desire to switch to a more natural lifestyle to improve your family's health, but you have no idea where to start. You're longing for more routines and time, but every time you try to implement those tips that you spent hours researching, you realize that they don't work for your family dynamics. Hi, I'm Ashley, and in this podcast, we're going to focus on implementing routines, switching to a more natural lifestyle, and uprooting those old mindsets that are keeping you stuck so you can plant yourself firmly in the truth that Jesus offers. Our focus will be on creating small, customizable changes that will build upon one another over time to create real impact. If you want to hear from a mama, who has been raising several children with special needs and who knows how important it is to do this thing in a way that is sustainable and that doesn't add to overwhelm, then this is the podcast for you. Pop in those earbuds, reheat that coffee for the third time, and let's go. Today, I want to talk about something that has been a personal struggle for my family just throughout the years. And also, it's something that we've really seen a lot of breakthrough and victory in as well. But the other night I actually was up. I could not sleep. I just, yeah, could not sleep. I just felt like the Lord was weighing something on my mind and my heart, but I couldn't figure out what it was. And so I just got up, I got out of bed, I got a piece of paper and a pen and I just started writing and the Lord just gave this to me. I have a few pages worth of notes. So this might end up being more than just one episode because I do try to keep my episodes under 20 minutes if possible, just because I know we are all busy moms and I want you to be able to listen to it all just in one straight shot versus trying to break it up. So I want to talk a little bit about struggling to attend church as a family who has children that are differently abled. And this can look different for each and every one of us. Again, it depends on what kind of challenges your child has, whether those would be physical or behavioral or developmental or all of the above. And it can be very hard to find support in a local church in order to be able to attend the way we would see quote unquote traditional families attend church. And a lot of times that can actually come with a lot of guilt and a lot of shame because you feel as if you're doing something wrong Like maybe you're not a good Christian because you can't attend church the way that other people do. And it's actually really unfortunate because, you know, you're already dealing with so much and struggling with so much to then on top of that, basically feel as if somehow you are not truly loving the Lord or you aren't measuring up in the way of what the Lord would have us to do as far as the Bible does talk about us assembling together with other Christians. And we know it's so important for us whenever we have that just added guilt and almost feeling like we're a failure or we're not measuring up or we desperately long for this community with other people, but it just, it's not able to happen. It can feel very, like you can feel just very much in despair about that. I have over time. I mean, I can think of a year solid that I just prayed 
cried out to the Lord, asking him to show us what to do about our situation. Because I had a child who just could not participate in church at that time. And it was very isolating. But it's very interesting because also during that time is really whenever the Lord drew me very close to him. And I feel like that was like a sweet time of me really just having a deeper relationship with him, even whenever I was not necessarily able to go and fellowship with other people. And while I want to make a note, I'm not saying that we shouldn't make the effort to go to church because we absolutely should. But I know that this is not, this is not a problem that is exclusive to my family. I know it's a common problem for people that if they have any kind of special needs in their family, it can be extremely difficult for them to attend church. Because whether that's a lack of support, whether that's a lack of knowledge from the church, whether it's that they don't have the resources in order to support your children, there can be so many different things that can come into play in this, but it is absolutely not an isolated problem. So I just look back at that time of my life and I am thankful that the Lord walked me through that. I'm thankful that he really drew close to me and just showed up and showed me who he was during that time. And while it was very hard, waiting, feeling like we didn't have an answer, dealing with the battling with those feelings of guilt and insecurity and judgment from others, like, oh, well, you must not be a Christian or you must not really love the Lord. Just all these things that come against us. And the thing that I want to remind you is that the Lord knows your heart. And it's not about what someone else thinks about you. And a lot of times people who have no grace for your situation, they typically just don't truly understand what's going on in your home. They don't understand the challenges that you come up against in order to try to actually attend church. And it's something that people don't really talk a whole lot about. And it's very unfortunate. And I think that's probably why the Lord had me up at midnight and just laid it on my heart to talk about because we should be talking about it. And that's really the only way that things are going to change in order for us to find resources that we need to be able to attend church. What I want to say is if you are in that place right now and you are struggling to be consistent with church, maybe you're struggling to even go at all, maybe because of situation circumstances with your child, it is actually impossible for you to go. I want to encourage you just to pray, to reach out and just ask the Lord to show you what he would have for you. Ask the Lord to just open your eyes and expand your horizon so that you can see maybe there's something out there that you could do that you've never thought about before, that you have never come across. There can be all of these different opportunities out there for us that we don't even know are there. But I really think it starts with us praying and saying, Lord, I desire to be in fellowship with you and with your people. Could you please open a door for me to do that? And I want to tell you, it may not happen right away. It didn't for me. So it may take time and it may take some growth and some stretching on your part. It may take some vulnerability on your part. And it can feel uncomfortable, but it's so worth it. And that's where I'm talking about that vulnerability is we do have to be willing to make connections with other people and to communicate with them. So that vulnerability of communicating with people that we are struggling, that we need help, that we need assistance, that we really want to be able to attend church with our family. But because of the circumstances, we just can't do that. You know, it can feel very uncomfortable to admit that we're struggling. It can feel very uncomfortable to go to people and say, look, what I'm currently doing isn't working for me. But that's really the only way we're going to be able to change things is to find resources and find other people who are willing to come alongside us and actually support us. Because I promise you they are out there. 
But if we're not willing to put ourselves out there and be honest and say, this is what we need, we're not likely to find it because people don't realize that we have a need unless we're sharing that need. And on top of that, you know, building communication and and relationship with people who are going to care for your child, because especially if you have a child who's nonverbal, we need to be able to trust that our child, whoever we're leaving our child with, that they are being cared for, that they are being treated well. I have children who have been on various, like either completely nonverbal or just beginning to speak, but can't fully communicate. And that trust factor is huge for me. I don't just leave my children with just anyone. I need to know that I can trust you, that my child is going to be treated well. So having that relationship with other people really is a foundation piece for feeling even comfortable enough to attend and allow our child to participate if they're po- if it's possible for them to. And I certainly understand it's not possible for everyone. And I just want to say, like I said earlier, just know you're not alone in this being a struggle. If you are sitting here right now and you have spent hours crying and praying over just the disappointment that you feel about the fact of you wish your church life was different than it is, I've been there. And I know so many other people who have as well. And it's okay. It's okay to admit that you're struggling. It's okay to just pour your heart out to the Lord. You are welcome to email me and share with me. You're welcome to send me a message on Facebook and just share with me about your struggle, about what's going on with you, just so that you can have someone else who knows what it's like who has been there before. The other thing I want to challenge you on is to ask the Lord how he wants you to make a difference in his church body. Because unless we are willing to put ourselves out there and to start making impact and making a difference, nothing's going to change. People who have children who are developing typically, who are neurotypical, they are not going to understand the struggle and the need because that's not their reality. And it's not any fault of their own. It's not a character character flaw. It's nothing like that. It's just that's not their reality. So they don't, they don't understand. They can't understand what they haven't experienced unless we are willing to put ourselves out there and to share. Unless we are willing to say, hey, there's really a need here. Is there anyone willing who is willing to help us come fill this need? Is there anyone willing to volunteer their time to be willing to be educated and help us be able to be a support system for these families who desperately, desperately need to have a community surrounded around them? And I want to say also get creative, get very creative about what fellowshipping with the Lord and with others looks like. Yes, it's ideal for us to be in in a church building. I'm not in any way, shape or form. Please hear my heart. I am not belittling gathering together as a church. But I am saying that for some people, that just cannot be a reality. And it's just like an elderly person that sometimes they are just not able to physically get out. For some families, regardless of our age, it's just not a reality. And that's okay. There's no guilt or shame in that. The Lord sees your heart. He sees your situation. He made your child. He's not condemning you for that. But he does still want you to draw near to him. And so I would say get creative about how how can you do that? Maybe you can't go to church and go gather with everyone else. Maybe you can find an online Bible study where you're connecting with other people. Maybe you and your spouse can take turns going. So maybe you have children who are neurotypical and you and your spouse take turns taking those children to church and then sitting, uh, the other one staying with the other children. And you're actually able to sit and listen to the preaching. I will say we've done that. It's not, it's not great. It's not a great feeling. It's ideal, obviously, 
to be able to everyone to attend together as a family, but sometimes we just have to do what we can do in each season of life. So maybe you also could find a small group, a small group Bible study that meets in the evenings and you and your, your husband could take turns attending, like maybe for you it's one night and then for your husband it's another night and you can take turns going that way. Maybe you are just meeting with friends for like a, a Zoom call. Maybe you're doing some kind of, the, I mean with virtual stuff, the, the options are honestly limitless of what you could do. Obviously you can find a church online that you can listen to, but I really think while yes, listening to a church online is great. I still think having some kind of small intimate group where you actually share and invest into one another is super, super important and is extremely helpful as well on top of listening to something online, but there's just so many different options that we can do. And so I just want to challenge you to try to think of your situation in a new way and ask the Lord, instead of what's stopping me, what can I do? What can I do to move forward? And on that note of moving forward, I actually think that that's the thing that's most important is that regardless of what our situation is, regardless of the challenges that we're coming up against, we know we're going to have challenges, especially when it comes to trying to gather with other people. A lot of times it's very hard, not just with church, but also with any kind of other social event. We struggle in all of those areas of life. But the thing that I love And why I'm speaking about the fact that there are so many opportunities, even in the online space, for us to be able to just invest in our walk with the Lord and also build a community with other people is because it's something I do. And there's a biblical leadership training for women that I have been doing. And um, one of the ladies in there, what she said is forward motion is an atomic bomb to the devil's warfare. And that it really struck me and I wrote it down because that has been so true in my life whenever, especially whenever related in all areas, actually, but specifically in this area of church and our relationship with the Lord, it's been true for me because in the times whenever I have been stuck in feeling sorry for myself or stuck in maybe some bitterness or stuck in feeling hopeless, feeling like there's no solution I just continue to stay like I'm stuck. I'm staying stuck. Nothing's happening. Nothing's changing. We're just repeating the cycle. However, whenever I decide to say no more, Lord, instead of I can't do anything about this, help me to say, what can I do? And then I start moving forward. That's whenever things begin to shift. That's whenever things begin to change because I am saying, Lord, I'm committed to whatever you show me and whatever you show me to do, even though it may be new. It may be uncomfortable. It may be something that I never thought of before. If you show me that that's what I need to do, I'm going to step out and I'm going to do it. And that really limits what the, what the devil can do in our homes. He obviously wants to keep us out of a community of Christians. He doesn't want us to be supported and uplifted, but that is what exactly what we need. And it's exactly what the Lord wants for us. So just ask the Lord, what forward motion can I do? And just know that whenever you take that step, even though it's probably going to feel uncomfortable, that you are just dropping an atomic bomb on Satan's plans for your life and for your family. On the note of dealing with these difficult emotions that come up, I do want to say that I think it's so important as well for us to evaluate ourselves and to see if we have any kind of bitterness or hurt or resentment or anything like that. For basically anyone that has possibly hurt us, most likely unintentionally, 
obviously I acknowledge that sometimes people, there are people who do it intentionally, but what I have come across is typically not in any way, shape or form. Anyone who's being intentional, they just don't know. They have no idea. They don't have life experience with dealing with children who are differently abled. And so therefore they just don't know. And that's okay. So that's something I've had to deal with in my life. And I think it's very important for us to be honest with ourselves and say, is a reason that I am avoiding being around God's people because I am, I've been hurt by them and I feel like my children aren't accepted by them. I feel very angry or very resentful or very bitter about any or all of the above. And I've been there before and I've had to, I've had the Lord show me and I've had to repent and I've had to let go of some things. And I've had to acknowledge that people, especially in experiences that I have encountered, I obviously can't speak for anyone else, but in my experience, people are not intentionally trying to exclude my family. People are not intentionally trying to be hopeful. They just don't know. And that's where that, that step of what can we do to make a change comes in. But we do have to deal with that hurt, that bitterness, that resentment, because it just breeds in our heart and produces fruit that we don't want in our life. And also it could be keeping you back from being willing to be open, to be vulnerable, to ask for help, to even be willing to go around other people who are Christians because you feel as if they're not accepting of you. And most likely that's probably not really the case. It's probably just that they are not aware of the support that you need. Or it could be, like I've said before, that they don't have the resources to provide that. And that's okay. If they don't have the resources, that is not their fault. It just is what it is. I think it's very important as well that we get to a point where we can release those feelings and also acknowledge that unless there, unless it was blatantly obvious that it was, an in, that it was intentional, I would say releasing those feelings and accepting the fact that it was not intentional and that we can just pray blessings upon those people or those situations and truly mean it from our heart. And that is something that's been a journey for me, you know, with specific instances for my kids and just me really having to get to the place where I can honestly say now, I truly pray blessings over those people or those situations. And I mean it. And that is actually freedom from the Lord. And that's what we want to walk in. We want to walk in freedom to forgive others, whether or not it was or was not intentional, whether or not they refused to be educated or not. It doesn't really matter. It's not ours. It's not ours to hold. It's not ours to decide um, their intent because we don't know their intent. And I just want to say, don't allow any kind of uh, any kind of hurt or maybe a mishandling of a situation or people just not being willing to step up. Don't allow it to be a stumbling block to you as far as your relationship with the Lord and just you being a light and a testimony to other people and to your family and to your children. Because that, at the end of the day, that is the number one thing. For me, I want to be a testimony to others and most importantly to my children. And so if I am all wrapped up in this anger and this resentment, and I am not willing to forgive and release things. And I just kind of keep a wall up against everyone because I feel like no one understands. Then it really has become a stumbling block at that point. And it's going to be very hard for me to grow and to show the fruit of the spirit to others around me. Just know at the end of the day that the Lord sees you and he sees your family and he sees your kids and he values you exactly as you are. 
He values them exactly as they are. And he wants you to have a place of support. He wants you to be able to grow in a relationship with him. He wants you to have a community around you. It is so important, especially as we are having children who are differently abled and who may have extra challenges. The importance of community is just, it cannot be overstated. We desperately need that. And if we cut ourselves off from that by our own choice, we are missing out on so much, so much goodness that the Lord has for us. So just ask him, ask him to send you people, ask him to send you support, ask him to show you where he wants you to go, what he wants you to do. He will show you if your heart is open and willing to hear from him, he will show you the answer. He will bring you the people. He's brought people in my life in just random ways that I never would have thought, just various different ways. And I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that he hears that prayer and that he wants to bring us those people. And he also wants us to be that person for someone else. And we absolutely can do that. Just remember that the Bible talks about how God is not a respecter of persons. And so all of us collectively have value to the Lord, no matter what, no matter what the struggle, no matter what is going on in our lives, we are all valuable to God. And I know that you can find people in your life that also feel the same way. So that's really what I have to share about this. It's something that obviously you can tell I've walked through this personally. I've seen a lot of healing and a lot of victory in it. I have seen a lot of answered prayers and then I've seen struggles again. And that's just the journey of life. It's This is just life in general. You know, this is very specific, of course, to people who have children that have some kind of disability or maybe have some kind of struggle, whatever the thing may be. But in general, this is life. We we have challenges. We see answer to prayer. Then we have other challenges. And it it is what it is. But the Lord is always near and he's always present and he's always willing to hear our prayers and he's willing to move on our behalf. And I think that's amazing. I remind myself often that God sees me. He sees my children. He knows us, he cares about us, and he loves us. And I think of a verse, it is Nahum 1, 7, and it says, The Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble, and he knows them that trust in him. And if you're trusting in him, he knows you, he sees you, he loves you, and he wants to move on your behalf. I think sometimes we have to get out of our own way, and that's been true for me so many times. And I just want to challenge you, if you're struggling in this area of church with a child that is differently abled, just know you're not alone. Just know that God has answers for you and he wants to move on your behalf. And I would love to hear from you if you have something you want to share about this. Like I said, please reach out to me. I would be happy to talk with you and just listen to you. Sometimes having a listening ear can make all the difference in the world. So I'm going to finish this episode out with that, and I will see you back next time. Hey, before you go, if you found value in today's episode or you learned something new, would you take a minute to share with someone else that you know would be blessed by it? I would also love it if you would leave me a review. This lets me know that you're enjoying the show, and I love hearing from you. You can connect with me further over on Facebook or Instagram. Until next time, rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, and be constantly in prayer. Romans 12, 12.